Welcome to Musicians Reveal. I'm Joe Kelly, and I'm really excited today because a great friend of ours, we've known him for over 20 plus years, originally from Staten Island. He is a phenomenal musician. He makes his home out in Belgium, Brussels, I believe. And uh, he's originally from Staten Island, New York, makes his way coming back here once in a while, I suppose. But um, I'm not going to hold it any longer. Reggie Washington is in the house, and great to have you, Reggie. Hey, greetings. How you doing, Joe? It's been a minute. It's been a minute, man. Yeah, I know. The first time we met was back at WVOF in the studios in Fairfield, Connecticut. You were uh, <laughs> playing with your buddy, Adam Falcon. Yeah, Mr. The, the, the Gusness, the Gustitude. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was, so, that, yeah, that was a fun, that was a fun little um, uh, in-studio in studio hit. Yeah, let, let me ask you about that as far because it was Adam's project, but you're, you're coming in. You guys obviously known each other for a long time and playing someone else's music spur of the moment or maybe a few days notice or whatever. How, how did you adapt to that and how do you adapt playing with other cats other than your own music? And, you know, um, being a leader makes you a good side man. Because, okay. you know, people expect certain things from you. I expect folks to even have a basic understanding of, you know, how my music is. But so I, I you know, I really, I give the common courtesy to, to, to my fellow sidemen. You know, if I got to, if I have to hit, hit something in minimal, <laughs> I try right. to, I just try to absorb as much of the music as I, as I can. I got to listen. Gotta listen right. to it and listen to the entire tune instead of listening to half of it and say, Yeah, I got it, I got it. And right, then right. you get on the gig and say, Oops, <laughs> there was a, there's a third and fourth stanza to this tune. Is it frustrating? You know, let's say you're on the stand with your own music and you know, you have people playing with you, and when they're not meeting the standards you just spoke about, how, how do you deal with something like that? Wow. Um, I usually come out my face because we have, we, we, we have limited time. Right. right. And plus I, I, you know, I like to, I like to get to each musician a, a good amount of time before that, because I know people have life, you know, mm -hmm. have yeah. life things to get, you know, to get to. And, um, I try to get as much information to me as, as quickly as possible so I can at least get it in because I know I'm going to forget it. And I know yeah. I'm going to have something that's in between that time and the time of the gig. So let me at least get an understanding of it. Mm -hmm. Because when we come back to it before the gig, it comes back a lot easier, a lot quicker for me. So, <clears throat> and I try to do, I try to get that with, with um, other musicians. A lot of cats don't act the same way and don't, and don't function the same way. They like, right. you know, they get to the rehearsal to rehearse. You're not supposed to be rehearsing at a rehearsal. <clears throat> I like guys to rehearse at, you know, rehearse at home. That's right, homework. Right. We're supposed mm -hmm. to be finishing things up, putting things together, you know, getting from point A to point B in the gig, you know, instead of dealing with little chords and other nonsense in, you know, with, within the music. And and I've had I've had some cats um learning the gig you know learning the tunes instead of learning what we're going to do with the tunes on the stage and i just yeah they usually uh, don't uh, get uh, the uh, second uh, gig right no yeah. no actually no and it, it depends on 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 who's on who's making um on who's noticing right if, right if it's me you know i'm gonna i'm gonna try to be as as you know as pliable as possible but if if corporate if management is checking it out and says, hey, man, <laughs> they're, they're, they're taking a little bit longer and they don't sound too good. What's going on, man? Why why aren't you right. doing what you're supposed to do? Uh-oh. You know, when it starts getting on to me, then, you know, head, either head's got to roll or somebody's got to step up their game. Mm -hmm. So originally you're from Staten Island, and, and we've talked, you've been on the show several times, but... Um, 
As far as getting into music back in the Staten Island day, I know your brother's a drummer. And how did you um, get into build up to the professional musician stage? Oh, man. You know, a lot of this stuff doesn't happen anymore. You know, um, jam sessions, you know, music was always in the house. You know, that was something that we always did. Um, it It was... You know, meeting other musicians was 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 comparatively easy because my father had a program called Staten Island Music Workshop, where he was oh, bringing man. inner city kids together into a big band setting. We were playing like Neil, uh, uh, like um, uh, Neil Hefty arrangements, uh, you know, Count Basie stuff, Fat Jones and Mel Lewis orchestra arrangements of big band stuff, and um, um, and you know. Cats could play. <laughs> it was, you know, it wasn't the greatest in the world, but we were we were learning jazz, and plus we were staying out of trouble. I was seven, eight, nine, ten. My brother was playing drums with them, and there was plenty of like teens, you know, to about nineteen, eighteen, nineteen years old playing jazz music, my father had it in the uh, Staten and the Stapleton Community Center. Mm -hmm. So we were there Saturday, Sunday. We would rehearse for um, functions. Um, um, we played outside in like the Stapleton Day, that type of stuff. Um, so, you know, it was always something that was going on. We was able to see jazz go to... Um, uh, my brother and I had our, our, our percussion duo. So we were able to meet musicians, go into clubs. I was not supposed to be there. I was I was entirely too young. I remember they getting the fake IDs out in Times Square a couple of times. Nah, it, was, it was worse than that. My oh, okay. dad used to bring me inside the club, sit oh, okay. me down, give me a, an orange juice with and the, and the lady behind the bar would give me a orange juice with fruit and stuff on the top of it, some some pretzels. And I would just be sitting there in the in the booth and eventually listen to the music and drink some juice, go to sleep. Uh, but, you know, as I got yeah. older, you know, we, we was playing in big band in high school. Um, um, was going to competitions, you know, and, and stuff like that, playing cello and bass. So the music was always was there. Um, I got tired of it, you know. Um, I didn't want to do it after my mom passed when I was like 19. Mm -hmm. So I, I stopped for a second, and a friend of mine purposely brought me to a jam session at I think Ohm Studios in in New York. And this guy was butchering this song. I don't know what song it was. He said, "Yo, man, this guy is horrible. Man. You should go up there and play." I didn't feel like playing. That's not no, I don't play. But then he butchered the song, and I, said, I can't let this go on anymore. And got on the stage, man, and started playing. It's like, wow, I did, I, I missed this. Nah, oh well, I'm back in, and then it pulled me in. I was, I was back in, and by 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 twenty, I was out at nineteen, back in at twenty years old. Hey, you know, I'm glad, I'm you glad know, we, we made that decision to come back in the mix. Oh man, it was it was wild. Then we started to um, you know play it out on the street when right. it was starting to be a, a thing, right? You know, or to play on um, uh, where is that? World Trade Center, uh, oh, yeah, Battery right. Park, the 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 Cube, How about in, Washington uh, Square Cooper Park. Square. Right, right. Yeah. We played at uh, 59th Street in front of uh, Orange Orangutan's building. Um, okay. We played uh, 50, 59th and 59th and 5th, um, you know, those types of places. Um, it was, it was, it was, it was dope, <laughs> right. you know, and then we were getting, you know, getting our chops together and it was, it was great. And some, some very good players played out on the street. Um, then, you know, the winter, we went down into the subways and they had the thing called Muni, Music Under New York program. Mm -hmm. That was kind of crazy because of, you know, New York winters, you down in the subway. Woo, yeah. baby Jesus. 
<laughs> I, I I have started to have like you know problems. I had to stop that, you know, because it was it was just not good for my my musical health. So you know, that's when things started. You know, around eighty two, eighty three. You know, that's, where, that's when I was living. I was living in New York the fall of eighty two. I was at NYU um, freshman. I stayed one semester at NYU, living on University Place. So it was right around that time. I might have walked right by you. Yeah, we were we were inside we were inside the, the park we were inside Washington Square Park hitting because we had a um in fact we had we had bad battery operated like mouse and, and moose kind of um, amps and then we we graduated to the um, gas generator oh you okay. know traveling oh, around yeah, yeah. illegal right, traveling right. illegally with that thing we had it in a um in a like the, the paper box uh-huh. that it came in and we would get on the train and it was full of gas going to the next wow. gig. Actually <laughs> waiting to happen. <laughs> exactly. Thank goodness the, yeah. the knucklehead gods were looking uh, looking down on us. Especially. Yeah. Or we'd be holding up the New York Post uh headline. <laughs> <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> Idiots blow up this Yeah, yeah. Coming in from Staten Island. <laughs> Blow up the six. Oh line. man, no, no. My buddy was in. Um, he was in, uh, Elton Reed, he was a drummer. He had the him and uh, James Roland. Okay. Did you did you ever meet James? No, um, no, Alan, I don't think so. He, he well, he went to he went to NYU. Okay. Or oh no 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 he was at City College. Anyway, okay. Um, they were the guys that held on to the to the to the gas generator. They stayed in the city. I I no when I was in Staten Island. No 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 no. Yeah. I think mean, I, I could have never gotten that on the boat. If they would have, they would have yeah. stopped me and put me in yeah. handcuffs. What are you trying yeah, to do? Yeah, They're, and they would set you back a few years from getting back into music. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. oh, most definitely. Yeah, you yeah, know, Rick, yeah, yeah Rick, we, Rick Rubin from uh, Def Jam actually lived in my dormitory. I don't know what floor. I didn't know he was living there. He was just starting it out, and probably uh, Russell Simmons and LL were coming in, and they were just starting Def Jam records. So. That would have been good to hook up with them, but Man, I didn't know. Music, there was it was such a budding music explosion at that time again. Yeah, you know we had we had we had lived through um, wow from 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 the early eighties, mm-hmm. you know, playing on the street, and then Black Rock Coalition um, with 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 those folks. Um, was playing jazz anyway, right? But it it just it it started to culminate, man. And, and I think first real gig was Chico Hamilton. Oh, that was, he's that a was, legend. That yeah. The, yeah, that was the start of it all. And then you know, plus having my brother playing with every um, jazz dignitary, uh, jazz legend at the time, mm-hmm. made it a little bit easier for me to get up get up on the scene. But I wasn't right. really a jazz player. I was a funk player. Oh, okay. So so funk was well alive back in the uh, early to mid eighties. It was. It was oh, man, we was, yeah, we were trying to hit some other stuff. Uh, yeah, we, we met Jean Paul Borelli, uh, Ronald Shannon Jackson. He had a certain thing on his on his concept of of of, of jazz music with harmonics and. The start of Steve Coleman. <clears throat> I wasn't playing it with him until like eighty nine, ninety. Right. But um, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that was going on at, at that at that particular time. Was 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 real cool, and you know, um, also at the same time. Wow, that is the eighties. So um, <clears throat> CD one hundred and one became popular in what year? 86, mm. 87, something like I, I was a B, I was a BLS listener, Frankie Crocker. So Yeah. I, I mean yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we were well Frankie, we, we used to we used to play a lot down at the um at um Honeysuckles. Oh, okay. I remember and, hearing uh, about Sil- yeah. Silver Shadow and um um oh wow, there were a few of those clubs used to play and with because I played with R and B R&B cats, just just to play, man, to play right. and be being yeah. playing down at, at these clubs. You make a pretty decent dime, and if you were quick, 
that's where he started honing those those jazz chops that were out on the out on the streets. You know, sight reading goes up. Start to be more instinctive in playing music because that's the best crowd. That's the best crowd to 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 entertain. You know, mm-hmm. folks that are in their nine to five job walking past you. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to entertain those people. That's mm-hmm. a hard. That's a hard listener. If you can get mm-hmm. them to stop in their hour to eat mm-hmm. their lunch in front of you, you you know yeah. you kind of done something. So we you know we were we were kind of in in tune with that. Um, that, and that made us that made us really quick as far as being backing bands for vocalists. Mm-hmm. They wanted they wanted a, a a band of folks that were able to you know um, play that music, play whatever music that they wanted, and 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 be quick about it because knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Reggie Washington is with us, and uh, I was correct. You're out in Belgium right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out near the, um, um, on the outskirts of, of Brussels. Oh, okay. And, of course, yeah, we got to give props to uh, your wife, Stephanie. Steph is running Jammin' Colors Records, which is oh, just a man. great level with uh, tremendous art- artists beside yourself, your solo CDs, and all the people you work with, but... Yeah, how um, how do you go about, or you know, you and Steph choosing artists beside yourself to work on the record and get those affiliations? How do, how does that usually come about? Well, um, if we can use the example of, of Black Lives, um, that was just because of um, the, the the pandemic, and also what was happening at the time of pandemic in twenty twenty. With, with with all this this racial tension and and, and killing senseless killings, right. you know, when she she put that out there to 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 write music that would you know that was um, just uh, to help bring light to a lot of this stuff and to you know um, have a have a have some type of dialogue so things can be changed, right? Right. Know, because there's a lot of flaws going on. So we, we we did this, which it came out to be a two CD, uh, a two CD endeavor, because she just started asking people, and the people that were, you know, it was like within, and then she started asking, started going out, and she was surprised that she got a lot of people to come back and have something to say, you know, um, and it was it was it was cool, the the. You know, some of my favorite musicians to play with, to listen to. Um, then they were also good hearted, good souls, you know, mm-hmm. good human beings. So that made it more fulfilling, you know, and the, the, the two CD, two vinyl album, it's a, a, a wonderful collective of, of, of music. Right. So we 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 were nominated for the um, uh, oh the Deutsche oof she'll kill me <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, the Deutsche Prix okay. as a German like the equivalent like the Grammys um, and um, we were nominated for that and and it was you know well. It was just, that's a nice little nice little feather in the cap. Yeah. The, the thing was, people were thinking, well, this is just a collective. It's not really a band. So um, she took that as 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 competition, <laughs> or yeah. she took this as fuel for the fire, and she 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 did a tour. She just hooked all hooked all of that. Stuff. I'm still here, Reggie. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, she hooked. She hooked all of that up, and she she did she did one tour, and we got some recording time during that, and then we did a couple of other in and out gigs in in, in Europe. We did one in um uh, the Winter Jazz Fest in New York last uh, last winter, uh, last January, and then we did a couple of more European tours with um, recording sessions within the um, within the tour. Mm-hmm. What it did was just consolidate these uh, this this aggregation of musicians. Um, the only thing was, it was thirteen people 
So we had 13 people on it in between 11 and 15 folks on the road. And that was, um, to say the least, an adventure. Everybody was, doesn't was, adapt the same way, right? Yeah, and it was it was really interesting. Let me see. Ah, yeah, the picture <laughs> back yeah. there. That's the, that's for the poster. Model. Oh, okay. In, in in Brussels, um, yeah, it was it was interesting because um, everybody in the band there were there were a couple of new there were a couple of new folks that I just met, uh, like Christy Dashiel, excellent excellent vocalist from from, from Washington. She just okay. got out of it. Um, her Tutu Tutu Puane is another great uh, female vocalist from South Africa. She also resides in in Belgium. Um, there they were they were new as far as uh, me I was concerned, but then I had old friends like Mark Gilmore who I've known mm-hmm. for God knows how long, and um, David and his brother David Gilmore from, from Steve Coleman days and and. Um, significantly before that um jean paul borelli from you know that's that's from years back gene lake federico gonzalez peña um um jacques schwarzbart um wow for the first first two marcus strickland was on that andy milne was was on there mm-hmm. it was a large band sunny Troupe, uh great percussionist top player from from guadeloupe um who else wow that's and i'm sorry Uh, yeah oh man that's oops sorry adam adam falcon and um jp and also um sharif simmons oh how about grasshopper ah i forgot about dj grasshopper that's my right hand man yeah we we were doing a lot of stuff we were Mm -hmm. doing a lot of stuff together during during confinement that's how a lot of these songs became what they are what they are now mm-hmm. you know um and also to incorporate some of these newer tunes into the the band you know the the band um um vibe right because it's 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 come it's come um you know it's it's kind of come full circle and it's kind of cool because being being the md i gotta kind of it's in an all-star situation. You have to give everybody their playing time. I look at this as like a like yeah. a like basketball game, <laughs> yeah, or, right. or or at least or a baseball game. So you got to give you know you got to give people time to shine. And right, it's, right. it it's a lot of music because uh, the criteria is, you know, everybody in the band are composers. Mm-hmm. So they bring that that band, you know, that tune comes to the gig. So if they're not on the gig, I usually don't use use their tune because okay. there's another tune that I can use from another person that is within the band concept. Oh, Unless okay. the tune right. is is extremely strong, because, um, we've been using a, a tune, Friendship, and uh, Gregory Priva, who is another keyboard player that's a composer on the first CD, and now he does touring. Um. His song symbolizes something, so um, it, it it it's it's come it's become a very important cog in the way the show runs. Mm-hmm. So his tune and also Adam's tune, "Color Man Singing the Blues," which is a very strong, very strong um, tune about about uh, you know just overt violence that's been happening all over right. the world, worldwide. So. Um, it's that that's how this is how this how this works so you know we were getting ready to put together a a to an l which is um which is seeing the the benefits of of our toil you know for for now so we'll see we'll see what's happening in the new cd is getting ready to to that's right people on earth right yes people of earth people of Um, earth which which has been really cool is um you know I can remember a lot of these songs that I know the, the two songs that 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 I that, that we did um, one with Grass and I and this other tune that I had written year a few years ago and um, things just started coming together and then using the ingredients in the studio it was really 
very interesting to to get everybody together using, you know, the expertise of Federico Gonzalez Pena, you know, Federico and 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 Christy. Just because right. of the the things that I was trying to do, I couldn't do it. <laughs> because I'm thinking, oh well, I'll sing this voice an octave up, and then I can sing the other one an octave lower, and that'll be what I want. But then I couldn't sing the one up octave up because I had a cold. So I oh, asked okay. Christy. I right. asked Christy to sing it for me. But then I also found out that Christy could sing that same note an octave above that. Oh, wow. And so that added something it, different. Yeah. And I said, ooh, <laughs> let's do that. So it's, 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 uh, it's being, a, being a, a coach, also being a cook, and also to step away from the, from the pot and let the, the, other, the other cooks serve, you know, put their ingredients and stuff in there. Yeah. And I looked at some of the, uh, the dates, upcoming dates this, this spring. You, you've got a good, healthy amount of dates. I mean, you all over France and Belgium, and you're playing a new morning, a legendary club out in Paris, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Morning in Paris is like one of, like, I played there in 1985. Really interesting people that that have been there and they are still there, wow. you know, fighting to keep live music happening in Europe, man. It's, it's kind of crazy. So I, you know, I'm, Stephanie is, is, has a very loving relationship with the, right. with the owner and coordinator of, of what's happening at New Morning. So she tries to bring the best um possible quality stuff to you know where where it needs to go now where where we're doing um like uh we'll be in switzerland is the Cooley jazz festival we're in um poznan on the 14th of april uh for arab jazz um it's uh, this is this is this is what we're asking just to get out and get this music get this music heard and and have this message and it's i'm i'm just i'm confident that it will it will reach reach the masses because i i see how 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 this music thing goes mm-hmm. you know as i remember with uh with roy with roy hargrove and rh factor right in 2002 2003 great we great were just record, playing yeah. yeah we were just having fun we were enjoying ourselves you know meeting meeting people you know sharing music in a situation where that was the only thing we were supposed to be doing there was to share music and get things together um now i see in a 20 year span how many people have been touched by this music and we had no intentions or thought that it would touch people like it has and the people that we've influenced over these last 20, 20 some odd years with just that record hard. You know, yeah, so I, oh, go ahead. with with this, with this, there's, I think there's more of a, a focus as far as the, 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 the core of it. You know, we, we have some place that we, that we feel that we want to go musically, spiritually, and there's a message behind all of this. So the music is done in a, in a positive, with a positive force that's behind it. So um, hopefully, I think after, I guess, decade, <laughs> it'll... You'll be in the same, you know, same uh, way that uh, our group was... Uh... No, just to, just, just, to take, just to take hold, okay. just to have its place. It doesn't have to be like that. That that you know that era was 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 what it was. I want I want something similar, but but certainly not the same. And I want all people all people to listen to this because there's so much for 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 every person from all walks of life to enjoy. You know, you see, you see I see this from from these gigs. You know, people people seem to get it. You know, it's 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 kind of cool. You know, it's kind of cool to watch how people um, absorb this. You know, I told Stephanie about um, a gig that was done in Würzburg over the summer. Myself and Sharif Simmons, 
was sitting in, in um, was sitting in the restaurant eating breakfast, and this guy just walked up to us and and uh, everybody just think, 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 open up your mind and think, yes, <laughs> and walked away. So I have this tune, the tune that's on the album, right, right. Called, open up your mind and think. Right. And right. and this is exactly what I I want for, for somebody to 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 hear it and remember because mm-hmm. it'll it'll it always will come back and, and, and bring you, some And you touch them, yeah. Yeah, 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 and maybe that will touch will will inspire him to touch somebody else. That's all really, you right. know, that's all I can really ask for. So, 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 that, so, the, so the best um, spots people can get, download or order a physical CD, um, get, give oh, our yeah. listeners, our viewers, um, where they can go because it's available widely. Okay. Um, www.jamincolors, J-A-M-M-I-N-C-O-L-O-R-S.com. You can go there and look for Black Lives. Because the first CD is Black Lives from Generation to Generation. Right. The second one, which will be out in April. I'm not... <laughs> I didn't write it down. Oh, she's going to be mad. Sorry, sweet. But we'll be playing the music with Steph's permission, Reggie's permission, maybe a couple of weeks earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to check out some stuff. And it's, it's, it's really... Weird we really enjoyed putting it together and it was so cool to play with these people after, you know, folks after, after years of, of, of touring with, with, with folks. And, um, you know, it really did my, did my heart, it did my heart really, really, really cool to just, just to share, just to share with them, you know, have, this is like, you know, formidable, you know, to have to have this caliber of musician next to you, fighting you know fighting and speaking the same thing you you're speaking about. So it's fun. It's a fun voyage so far. Yeah, and your daughter's on the cover, right? Mm. No, 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 that's um. Her name is Cheyenne Webb. Oh, okay. I think that is her name, and um, she is in a playground in Tulsa, I believe. Okay. Um, it was it was a celebration to commemorate. I'm not I'm not too sure. I don't have that stuff in in front of me, but it's it is it's a it's a rather interesting picture. She has a has a beautiful, youthful face with so much energy in it. You know? mm-hmm. So Steph Steph and um and uh, Rebecca Meek, okay. who did the first CD, who is who just wonderful. You know that's what we like about these things. You can you can enjoy what you see, then you open it up. You can read the lyrics. You can have something to touch. Turn it over. You see, you know, provocative photos, um, and 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 things that 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 are thought provoking. You know, instead right. of just having a just some errant MP3, <laughs> yeah, just around in your iPod or whatever. Yeah, you know, I gotta give compliments. Like, maybe I've said this before, but Jamming Colors and you and Steph, the putting together the the that records, the CDs. Like you, you mentioned before, so much is put into it. I'm sure it's not cheap either. You could just, like you said, could have just put it with a one paper thing in with the title, and but there's a lot that goes into it. So you you guys are to be commended for that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Thank you. I'll say yeah. thank you for 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 Steph because she's you know. It's one thing that was going away. We we talked about it. She's talked about this a lot. You know, like, no, we we have to give people information. We're trying to condense so much stuff, right? But then if you condense it too much, like I was complaining because I couldn't read some of it. But mm-hmm. so we had to make a little bit bigger, which makes the packaging a little bit bigger. Um. But it's 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 worth it. It's worth it because you know I I brings me back and Steph even had it too um, with 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 uh, with growing up with her pops, listening to different stuff. 
Um, when I was growing up, my father had an extensive record collection. Um, hey, your, new, your New York accent just came through saying father. I heard it right there. <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> oh, sorry, okay. I, I interrupted you. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, I haven't said that in a while. Okay. Right. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> right. So, um, so it's yeah, long. He had such an extensive record collection. So, you know, we used to sit and listen to music and then grab an album cover and turn it over and read the liner notes. Look at the picture and kind of stare off into space and go into the artwork of the of the of the album and read certain things, little quotes and then listen to the music and you know, some of them had some extensive thing on on um selection too, so and so and so. Uh, during the third take, so and so, blah 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 blah. So I used to try to think and imagine what was going on. Wow. Hmm. Right. You know, and after a while, you know, as I got older, and now when I think back then, I know exactly what was going on in in whatever session because I've been in so many sessions over the past forty years. I can pretty much go there when they talk about. Um, well, whoever was at so-and-so's recording and was locked in the bathroom and blah, 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 or playing a out-of-tune piano, how he entertained himself by avoiding the out-of-tune notes and stuff. Wow. Okay. I can, yeah. I can appreciate a lot of that stuff now. You know, yeah, I, I like the, I like the liner notes when it goes, you, you go back and revisit like 10, 15 years later and you see names, you're like, wow, I... I mean, probably they were just starting out their career, but you're like, wow, they're really big now. And this is what they were doing back then. The historical. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Plus some of the stuff for for me is kind of full circle because I, you know, seeing these, these, these artists on these records and then having an opportunity to meet them, Mm, you know, being young, but still being their contemporaries. And, and in seeing this album, because I approached Chico Hamilton a few times, like, I remember this album that you did on so-and-so on Impulse, and it had this on it, and blah, 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 and you said, well, and he would look at me like, why were you listening to that when you were 10 years old? As well, right. whatever. All right. Um, you know, so that's, that's, that's she got a little bit of that from 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 her from her dad and her mom listening to different types of music. Her, her dad was listening to jazz, and right? And mom was listening to like you know she was digging on some rock, some Led Zepp, you know, Foreigner. Then she listened listen to Bell Bibbs and Vaux and um, now you know Bell Hendrix yeah. and right. and all kind of Freddie Mercury. You know, you 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 name it. Mom was listening to it so. Um, she was able to, you know, look at uh, leaflets that came in the cassettes or the um, oh, yeah. or in the um, in, in a CD. Yeah. So you know, and she wanted to keep that alive because I've noticed it. It's now it's changing. It's going back. Mm-hmm. It used to be the big thing was being compressed MP3s, but like everything's flatlined, right? Yeah. 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 They need. Yeah. They needed it to be fat, and 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 so so it's so it's starting to go cobus and these other things. You get this high res audio type stuff. So you know it's whatever things sound like, mm-hmm. almost almost again. But you know, um, it's only a select few. We were able to get one of the premier um, wizards behind. Uh, any any anybody's uh, you know studer board, um, Russell the Dragon Elevano, okay, great mixed mastering genius. He's like the analog wizard of of them all. I met him when I was doing doing um, hard groove with um, with Roy, because Roy met him when he was doing uh, with D'Angelo Brown Sugar. Oh, okay. Right. All that, all that stuff going on at the um, Electric Ladies Studio, mm-hmm. and it was an education just to sit next to him and watch him. So the second, the 
third album that we did in Sausalito, uh, what is that? Uh, Nothing Serious. I think that might have been the last RH Factor thing that we did. Okay. We did it in Sausalito. And at the time, Stephanie was my girl. <laughs> and um, she came out to, to the West Coast to, 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 to hang out with us. And we recorded that album. And she was able to sit with me. And I sat to check out Russell. You know, I was always curious and geeky about that type of stuff that goes on. And he has a very special way of mixing. Okay. And it was, it was an incredible experience. And Steph remembered this. So during the, during the pandemic, we were trying to do the same thing, doing a record, doing a recordings and mixing myself and another friend, but it was insane. The amount of music that we were getting in to have to mix and we were easily burnt out and we had to think of something. We got to think of something, somebody who really knows how to do this, that has some type of thing, right? Something, an essence, a goot, something. And Steph said, let's ask Russell. I said, well, well, okay. Yeah, oh, I would love that. I said, well, why don't you? So she asked him. Said yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was the wonder, wonderful. And it and the made the it brought the whole project to life. It gave it a life. It gave it good footing to, to move. And um so the second one came around and we have all this stuff from the three sets of sessions that we did while we were on tour. And she said, Well, I have to ask Russell again. So, well, you think he's going to have time to do that again? I don't know. So, okay. And we did it again, which was absolute insanity. But we got it done, and it's, um, I, think it, I think it's a wonderful second CD. People of Earth, right? Yes, People yeah. of Earth. And it's, it's, uh, it's jam-packed. How many tracks? I think it's in... Close to twenty right. something, right? No, 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 no. Well, we don't have twenty this time. There's, um, okay. I it, it, it adds up to about fifteen. Okay. We have a, well, a couple enough. of yeah. Yeah, we have an intro. We have an intro, and there's an outro. We try to meld and mesh music in with with each other to to get a nice little um, little course, a little um, you know song story take you on a path, musical path so you can right. don't have to get up and move anything just let it just let it run so people of earth roughly sometime in april and hopefully we'll play tracks on here a few weeks before that and um hey it's the follow-up to uh generation generation black lives and uh you know, ambitious pro projects, but talented musicians. And uh, hey, Reggie, before we wrap this up, I got, I got, I know we talked about briefly about, you know, you were mentioning records and, you know, liner notes and stuff like that. This could be as free form as you want, but I was really interested in knowing, maybe give us five records through your childhood or up to today, which have been, you know, so influential in your, in your musical upbringing and, and style. You know, the first two, I always, the first, the first album is uh, um, Freedom Suites okay. by uh, Sonny Rollins, Oscar Pettiford, and Max Roach. It's like one of the first records I ever really heard was me and my brother. My brother was certainly into Max Roach. When I heard Oscar Pettiford, it was just so cool to hear him play along with Sonny Rollins. I loved, I loved Sonny. It was it was beautiful. I I tried to play saxophone when I was young, but I sucked. I was horrible. I mean, okay. absolutely just, just You cut your but, losses. Oh, boom! Yes, indeed. <laughs> so you know that one, um, Freedom Suites is one. Um, you know, speaking of Max Roach, I saw it was Mal Waldron and Max Roach a duo at the Montreal Jazz Festival, and. And I had Mallow Waldron actually played at WVOF years later. So that, that was a cool tie-in with that. So, yeah, that was great. Oh, man. Mal, Mal, I think he spent the rest of his uh, the rest of his 
elderly days here in Brussels. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, he used to play at a um, a club called Le Archiduc near okay. the uh, the Bourse, the the stock exchange in Brussels, famous club. And uh, Maul played on this particular piano. And he liked he liked his cigarettes. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> he's a very interesting cat, man. We played played a couple of tunes by by him. Is that the Ab- Abby sang on? Um, straight ahead. Steve Coleman used to love playing this too. I think that was straight ahead. And um, okay, second album. See, um, I had uh, one album that pops in my head that influenced me was um, Wayne Shorter, uh, High Life. Okay. Not High Life. That one in Soothsayer. Um, you know, these, um, Wayne has definitely influenced my, my, my lifetime, my, my musical life experience, being able to just talk to him. I never played with him. I, you know, um, I tried to live vicariously through my homie, Dave Gilmore, who okay. played with Wayne. Well, I got a chance to, to, to be able to talk to him being on festivals and we were playing before them or something. And uh, I get a chance to see him in the quartet with um, with Brian Blade, John Petitucci, and uh, Danilo Perez. It was it was beautiful. It was it was spiritual, and um, I learned a lot as far as how to um, how to conduct myself on the stage, how to how to work uh, a quartet, different ways of how they the interworkings of them. It was interesting to 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 watch him let people be. But then have them, you know, respect him so much that they work like clockwork to 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 accommodate, you know, him and his music. So like um, high life and Susay, Wayne Shorter. Yeah, yeah, high life and then Susayer. That was even before high life. So that's three. Okay, four and five. Oh jeez. Um. Wow. Any any funkadelic mothership connection kinda anything up in there. Okay. That is you know, affecting me because of uh, of the, the, the ism. And then getting you know, having an opportunity to meet and talk to Russ uh you talk to uh, Bernie, yeah, you know, yeah. the Wu, Master Wu. He played you know, at our old studio, uh, WVOF. He came on the show with his keyboards and everything. That was oh, great. Yeah, what a guy. Dude, him and, you know, I had to talk to him and, and big brother JT Lewis, you know, about the funk and the, and the life and Ronnie Drayton and all them brothers. Um, that funkadelicism, that was yeah. a major, major influence. And yeah, it's tough to pick one. That, that just P-Funk right there. You said it. Yeah, 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 and that 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 um you know that affected all of us. That affected another album, um, um, Brown Sugar, um, um, D'Angelo's. Yeah, D and um um Messiah, um Black Messiah, right? Okay. Um, and um and and Voodoo, you know, High Groove. We were all affected by all of this stuff. Um, oh, how about number five? I'm thinking five, five. Okay. You know, if I had to really for for real influence, um, anything Stravinsky. Okay. You know, yeah. Uh, um, even not even, yeah Stravinsky or for for a, you know of. Around around in that ism, because that that had a profound effect on me. Because it it I was brought there another way through um, Maestro Ron Carter oh, okay. and um, Don, Don Sebesky. Don Sebesky had a had a, a huge uh, box set called um, that was um, oh man Sebesky's. Um, well, it'll probably come to me at the end, but um, 
it was it had um, uh, Stravinsky's Firebird Suite on it, and they did some type of some type of rearrangement of it with Bill, Billy Cobham on it. Ron Carter was playing on it, and they had an entire orchestra with Hubert Laws, and and it was it was it was incredible. And then Kenny was playing this thing, um, giant book. Don Sebesky's giant book. There you go. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah, man. I remember this. It has red, white, and blue on a big, uh, I think that's like a Chevrolet, um, big, big Chevy Impala looking car on the front of it. Red, okay. white, and blue stars and crap on it. And it was great box set. And, and that brought me just like, wow, wait a second. Didn't I play this in, 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 in orchestra on Saturday? Well, how are we working on this? And then looked again and looked and saw oh, excerpts from from um, ah from Firebird Suite. Oh, cool! So we started to get into you know more more of the Stravinsky and looking at you know Rite of Spring and Petruska, you know Firebird. I was I was I was totally in. So yeah, it was pretty much five of those. You know, I won't yeah. say any show tunes, even though show tunes. They they had an effect on me too. <laughs> right, right. You definitely got an open mind and and definitely hey, it's been an honor, Reggie, to to revisit with you. We we've talked four or five times over the years, and you know, I'm thank you for all the catalog of music and jamming colors and Steph, your wife, who's hard at work keeping the record company together. And we look forward to People on Earth, which is coming out in April. And just go get the entire catalog from Jamming Colors, especially Reggie Washington. So thanks, brother. Man, thank you, Joe. You have no idea how important, or you, I know you know how important your job is to get messages out to, to, to people. Folks need to be educated and given hope that there's good, there's good music. There's some place to go, some place for some type of inspiration, some, some clarity of mind. You know, and you got a good place where where people can listen to 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 folks and and get to understand themselves. Maybe you know, listening to music and, and yours is your 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 what you're doing is, is important. It's, it's important, and it's, and you've been at it for a minute, so cool. I guess yeah. those those claws are are <laughs> straight into so the ground. So hopefully, God willing, we, you know, both of us, we got got so many more years to add to the legacies, right? Man, I got kids. Yeah, that's keep right. Me going for a long time, man. Plus right, my right. children, they're 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 giving me love. They they like my tunes. That's how I I see whether tunes are good or not. You play oh, them right. around your small children, which mm -hmm. minus four, or my okay. grandkids who are eight and five. If they if they're like moving, right, or they don't say, right. "Ew, turn that off," right, they're doing something good, and right. they and they they're cool, man. I, my 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 kids come to 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 gigs, they dig it, and then they go to the side and they go to sleep. And it's, right, uh, right. You know, yeah, not too loud, but they 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 get their vibe. They jump around. They move. What they got to do, and. Yeah, and they're not lying. They give you the honest feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank goodness for babies. Right. So, Reggie, hey, thanks so much, and uh, we'll be playing "People of Earth." Reggie Washington, thanks, brother. Thank you. Take care now.